Janine, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today, I am joined by special guest Douglas Abrams. He's an author, editor, and literary agent. He's going to talk to me about the book he co-wrote called The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Welcome, Doug. Great to be with you, Janine. Now, how did this book come about? Because uh, I'm going to have you share who co-authored the book as well. Well, um, yeah, it was an incredible privilege to get to co-author a book with the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And the book actually came about because I've had the privilege of working with Archbishop Tutu for almost two decades on all of his various book projects. And we were at his wife's birthday down in South Africa when the president of the Dalai Lama Foundation said, what do you think about the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu doing a book together? And I said, wow, that sounds amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah, amazing. What would it be about? We both paused for a second and we looked at each other and we said, joy, because these are two of the most joyful people on the planet. And it was yes. clear that if anybody could teach us about joy, it was these two men. And so we were at Archbishop Tutu's office and we, we call him Arch, actually. So I said, hey, Arch, you want to do a book with the Dalai Lama? Are you the only one who calls him Arch? <laughs> <laughs> no, all of his friends hey, call him <laughs> we, uh, All of his friends call him Arch. Um, and um, we also, we often call him Father as well. And um, so I said, hey, Arch, you want to do a book with the Dalai Lama? And he turns to me and he says, I'd do anything with that man. So he wrote a letter to the Dalai Lama, and um, when I met the Dalai Lama for the first time in, in D.C. before we went to Dharamsala to do the book, he said, when I got the letter, I got a little excited. And so I thought, you know, like, if you're making the Dalai Lama excited, you're, you're, you know, you're, doing you're not a little excited. Right. You're doing something right. Exactly. How, how long ago, you said you met him over 20 years ago? Yeah, almost 20 years ago, almost two decades ago. Uh, yeah, we started working on a book called uh, uh, God Has a Dream, which mm -hmm. was a book uh, based on sermons and talks that he had given. Um, and Archbishop Tutu was actually my hero in college because uh, there, during the anti-apartheid struggle, um, he came to our college and spoke. And I was thinking like, this is this incredible towering moral yes. figure. You know, and I wanted to know, like, how does this guy drive in traffic? You know, like, how does, you know, how do you, how do you live with that kind of morality, you know, in the day-to-day -day world of frustration? Yes. So uh, when we started working on God Has a Dream, I actually was interviewing him as we were walking in traffic, as we were driving in traffic, and this car cut him off. And I was like, okay, here's my chance. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and? And so. I'm waiting. He, yeah. So his first response was like the natural response we all have is like, oh, my, you know, he got afraid and he raised his hand. Well, ah. it depends where you live, but okay. Right. You know, like, you know, you, you know, he just had the typical right. human fear response. Yes. But then, you know, he said, what he said next was he said, there are some amazing drivers. You know, and I said, I said, so Arch, you know, like what just went through your head? Like, yes. you know, how did you just process what just happened? He said, well, you know, I did get afraid. Um, but then I thought to myself, you know, maybe this guy is rushing to the hospital because his wife is oh, giving birth. Benefit of the doubt. You know, his, yeah. you know, Kinda. his wife is dying of cancer, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, poof, just like that, you know, with that little shift in perspective from, how dare this guy endanger right. me and cut me off and 
to just shifting it to, you know, maybe there's something that this guy is dealing with sure. that I'm not aware of. Sure. And that, you know, kind of shift in perspective yeah. was transformational. And so it was interesting. The first pillar of joy is perspective. And mm -hmm. uh, that kind of perspective shift was really profound. It's so important because a lot of people's initial reaction, I remember driving with my dad when I was younger and there was a lot of anger mm -hmm. and it was always anger, 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 and aggression. But if you look at the root of that, it's other things going on, you know? Right. Well, often anger is a secondary emotion to fear. Fear. You know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, we have this fight or flight response, which is, you know, so one of the things that was interesting was to hear them talk about how, uh, fear and anger are so connected. The Dalai Lama said at one point, you know, too much fear, too much frustration and, and, and anger and irritation, you know. So it's interesting, like there's so much fear in the world right now with the pandemic and, you right. know, there's not, it's not surprising that, you know, the, the natural response uh, to that fear is often anger as well. I also feel your book is extremely timely with what's going on with the death of George Floyd. Yeah. And I read something this morning that this is a time of not only healing, but compassion, kindness, and greater awareness of how we can do better. And yes. I was thinking, how can I do better? What can I do? And I think we all have to have that mindset. What do you, what do you feel would be some lessons from the book that could apply to what is going on right now? Because there's so much going on. Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously these are two of the greatest activists of the last century. Um, you know, Archbishop Tutu was responsible for freeing his country from a uh, racist regime that was obviously incredibly oppressive to black Africans, um, black South Africans. Um, so, and the Dalai Lama has, you know, was exiled from his country. He's been an activist all his life. So I think these are two men who are not saying you've got to be sitting on a cushion or in a kind of yoga class to experience joy. And what they remind us is that actually joy and happiness come out of these eight pillars of joy. They come out of generosity. They come out of compassion. You know, they come out of humility. They come out of recognizing that we are shared humanity and that we can do better and that whenever somebody is oppressed, uh, then whether it's us or somebody else in the world, we are impacted because of that shared humanity. And I think it is a powerful time. We, and um, I also work with some extraordinary activists like Brian Stevenson, uh, who's been very active uh, in criminal justice reform. And I think what Archbishop Tutu tells us is that when you are, quote unquote, neutral at a time of oppression, you are actually supporting the injustice yes and so this is not a time for neutrality this is a time for activism this is a time for reckoning this is a time for recognizing that we can all do better uh, but we can do that uh, and and understandably you know the archbishop tutu used righteous indignation and anger to help free his country and so there's nothing wrong with you know anger in the service of justice uh, but we don't let need to let that righteous indignation become corrosive to ourselves or right. have a lead us to villainize those others. Arch tells this amazing story about how, you know, every morning he would pray for the president of South Africa, even during the time of apartheid. And so, really? 
you know, when, when he ultimately met with him and had to help dismantle the apartheid regime and create a more just South Africa, he wasn't treating him or confronting him as his enemy. He was confronting him as his ally. And I think we can look across the protest lines and recognize that even though we may be on other sides politically from somebody else or um, in a, a particular situation of conflict, we're actually working with them to create greater justice uh, as opposed to against them. And that, we, that shared humanity, we as a, as a human population, and we, in this case as a nation, are trying to wrestle with the demons of our past and create a more just society. And there will be different opinions of how to do that. Uh, and, but we don't need to attack each other in that process. We need to join together to find the most just way forward and the most equitable um, way to create racial equity and class equity in our society. Sure. So what else would you like uh, viewers or listeners to know about your book? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that's, that surprises people is how much, how funny the book is. You know, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu were like a comedy duo this whole week. They were so playful and fun um, and teasing each other. I mean, it was just incredible. And so, you know, you think that these two great spiritual icons are going to be really serious and, and inspiring. And they certainly were inspiring, but they were also incredibly playful. And, and the book was so much fun to write. And, and people say it's so much fun to read because, you know, you go through it and you're laughing and you're crying and, you know, it's, it's, they're so moving and they're so, um, you know, entertaining at the same time. Um, so where have you been, have you doing any virtual talks, you know, with even students or mostly, you know, different stations? What have you been doing with it? Yeah, so um, since the book came out, uh, I've been uh, promoting it all uh, over the world, actually. Um, and, um, you know, a number of colleges have chosen the book as a kind of uh, campus-wide read. Um, so that's been really fun and mm -hmm. I've, you know, heard from high school students and from, you know, people of, uh, you know, all ages that it's been really helpful and valuable Good. to them, especially as they've been dealing with challenges in their own lives. So that's been incredibly, incredibly gratifying. That's good. Were there some surprises along the way when you were writing this book? Well, I mean, they, you know, I think, the, you know, one of those surprises was just how funny they were. I think, you know, I, I think another surprise was, you know, I thought that um, I grew up in a family where my, one of my parents was suffering from depression. And I think I felt that my job was to run if, away from sadness and mm -hmm. depression. And one of the things I discovered in writing the book is how they explain that joy and sorrow are inextricably linked and that we can't have one without the other. Um, and so what I realized is I really had to turn toward my sadness and my grief and the pain that we all experience in our lives. I just lost my dad this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. And just really being able to be with that pain. And you know, what they explained is it was really fascinating that you can turn down the sorrow, you can turn down the sadness by drinking or distracting yourself with work or ignoring the reality of the news or the headlines. You know, you can try to numb yourself out, Correct. but then you also numb your joy. And that the more 
you laugh, the more you're going to cry. Um, but the more you cry, the more capable you are of laughing as well. That's beautiful. I, I don't know if you know this, but my show is called Get the Funk Out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I really believe that sometimes you go through this really uh, bad time. It's the worst mm -hmm. of times. And something good will turn the corner for you. But you do have to go through that storm. Yeah, they, uh, one of the most powerful phrases that the Dalai Lama said is, uh, adversities can become good opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, these are, you know, the pandemic adversity and the economic crisis adversity and this, uh, you know, the, 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 the pain and suffering from this racial injustices that were, that are so prevalent in our criminal justice system. These are all opportunities for us. They call us to, uh, our higher potential and yeah. our ability to answer the call of the times. And I think that, you know, we want to be on the right side of history. We want to bend that arc towards justice. And I, I think when we recognize our shared humanity, when we join with one another and we do it and we, we, we harvest that righteous indignation, and, but we do it in the service of, of justice and our shared humanity will get there faster. I have chills when I watch the millions of people all over the world in protest that started as a response and probably being fed up by all the racial injustice, but was sparked by the death of George Floyd. And I am, I'm so um, optimistic that there'll be something positive that comes of this uh, because people really are showing their humanity and it's, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's sad there, and there's so much going on that's negative, but I think there's going to be something positive from this. Yeah, I, I, we desperately need uh, criminal justice reform, mm -hmm. uh, policing reform, incarceration reform. Um, we need to address the structural, systemic, racial injustices and inequities that exist in our society. And it's, uh, you know, these are issues that we've worked on for a long time. And obviously Archbishop Tutu has worked on in his country and globally. And it's, it's, uh, it feels like the world is listening in a way now that it hasn't before. And our, our legislators are, and there are really hopeful signs of progress. And we need to not miss this opportunity as in many cases we have missed opportunities in other times in our history. Yes. Uh, anything else you'd like anybody to know about the book and also where can they find you? So, uh, well, the book, you know, has these eight pillars of joy, which are, you know, the, what the Archbishop and uh, the Dalai Lama say are the fastest way to experiencing more joy in your life. We also included 50 pages of their joy practices, what they do to cultivate joy in their own lives, um, which is great. Um, the book is available wherever books are sold. Um, when bookstore, you know, for the bookstores that are open now, um, they're, uh, they're available at local retailers, also online at those retailers or at the uh, e-tailers. Um, it's available everywhere in, um, in both paper and audio or, or electronic book as well. Did you all narrate it? So, yeah, so it's really fun with the, uh, they did, uh, the audio book is kind of a radio play where we each read our parts. Um, and they had actors doing the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Um, so, but they, they do a really good job. So oh, good. it's really fun. Good. 
I, it would be great if the three of you uh, did some speaking gigs. Well, we're actually making a movie. Um, so we had five cameras uh, shooting the, the time together and uh, we're making a movie called Act Like a Holy Man. So uh, mm. that should be out in, in about a year, hopefully. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being with you and uh, all the best to all of your listeners and viewers. Thank you. Thank you.